Amen, amen. And we're grateful that was our youth praise band that was with us a few minutes ago. So aren't we grateful for them this morning as well? We truly are. Well, we're continuing our series that we've been on for a few weeks now called uh, Word Warnings. And today we're looking at the topic, Be Delivered from Deceit. We've got today and then next week, and then we'll begin a new series after that. But we've been on this for, for a little while, and we've been talking about our words, the words in which we use. And so today, this message is going to really be a little bit different in that we're dealing with words, yes, but also our actions and then the source behind it as well. Uh, as we think about deceitfulness, deceit, dishonesty, lying, and a lot of times when you think about those things, not only is it words, but it's also actions that go hand in hand. So we're going to deal with all of that today a little bit. But as we think about that, you know, we live in a culture today of lying and deceit. And it really is so normal for us, we tend to not pay too much attention to it any longer. We have reality TV that really is not real, fake news that makes news. And as we think about deceit, deceit is being dishonest. It is lying. It is deceiving. It is fraudulent. It is cheating. In a survey that was completed 10 years ago, it was found out that four out of five high schoolers admitted to cheating on schoolwork. And more than half of those said that, said that such cheating was no big deal. And a more recent survey that came up with 80% of college students admitted to cheating at least once while in college. It seems that people don't mind being deceitful just as long as they don't get caught. They don't mind cheating, just, just don't catch me at it. So let me just ask you all a question as we're thinking about this this morning. So imagine, if you will, that you're in a parking lot late at night and you pull your car in and you slightly scrape the side of the car next to you, which is a Porsche. Now you're looking around and you're certain there's no one else who's aware of what happened. Do you look at it and realize that the damage is minor, would be covered by insurance, so do you leave a note? Hmm. Do you leave a note? Does that get to your heart already this morning? All right. Well, I heard a long time, not long ago, about a fellow who really did that, that except there were people who were watching him as this unfolded and took place. And so he took out a piece of paper and he wrote on it and he said these words on the paper. A number of people around me think I'm leaving you a note that includes my name and address. (laughs) But I'm not. And stuck it on the windshield. Well, I hope that's nobody here. I hope that would be no one here. But as we think about this idea of deceit and dishonesty and being truthful also and what that means instead of lying, we're going to look at God's Word and see what God's Word tells us about these things and dishonest words, dishonest actions. And so we're going to look at a couple places, as we did a few weeks ago in the book of Proverbs, pulling a few passages here and there to, to, to sort of hone in on what this idea of deceit is and uh, where it comes from, and what we're to do about it. We're going to first look at Proverbs 6, starting at verse 12, and go through verse 19, and then skip over to chapter, I mean, verse yeah, 6, uh, 12 through 19, and then go to chapter 12, and go from 17 to 22. So in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand 
I'm going to read this for us this morning as we get started. First off, Proverbs 6, verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes, he shuffles his feet, he points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually, he sows discord, therefore his calamity shall come suddenly, suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Skipping over to chapter 12, picking up at verse 17. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. And lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we don't know where we are today, where folks are in their walk with you and and walk with our words. Lord, are we honest? Are we trustworthy? Are we reliable? Are we uh, faithful in what we say and do? But only you know, Father, how we need to be challenged in those areas of our lives. Maybe those places where we are deceitful, where we do cheat, where we do fraud, we do lie. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us, Lord, and, and deal with our hearts and help us to be changed by the power of your Spirit and to live the life you've called us to live as believers and, indeed, how you've enabled us to live that life. And so, Father, I pray now that you'd have your way in every heart and every life, and that those here that don't know Jesus, that this would be the hour of salvation, they'd say yes to know the truth of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that, that you would work in all of our hearts and lives to be obedient to what you're dealing with us about. But Lord, use me simply as your instrument. I am nothing apart from you. But I pray, Lord, that now that may the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Well, you see the outline uh, in your bulletin. Um, got some blanks there. We're going to let you fill those in as we move along this morning, as we think about this idea of being delivered from deceit. And the first thing that we want to see right out the gate is that deceit is demonic. Deceit is demonic. In Proverbs 6 here, as we come back to that passage of Scripture, verses 16 through 19, where the Lord is talking about these seven things which are an abomination to him, it really goes back and describes the worthless person or the wicked man in verse 12, where it says a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. And then in verses 16 through 19, it says, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him. He talks about a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, and a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. So we see even in that, there's two places where there's this idea of deceit, the false witness and the lying tongue. 
It is an abomination to the Lord, it says. We'll talk about it in a second. But he says that this kind of a person is a worthless person. The word actually worthless actually means a scoundrel. This is a scoundrel of a person, a wicked man who is, has a, walks with a perverse mouth, which includes a lying tongue and being a false witness. The word worthless, worthless itself comes from the word belial, and so that term has come to be known, which means belial means no worth, and that word came to be used of the devil himself, who is the most worthless and the most wicked of all, right? Amen? And so we know that this worthless and wicked man has lying lips, bears false witness as in a court setting. And then also over in chapter 12 in verse 20, we find again that it tells us that deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil or who who plan evil. Again, a, a wicked person who is devising or planning evil. But counselors of peace, it says, is, uh, have joy. So these counselors of peace are those who are desiring and work for others' peace and well-being. But the person who is, a, who is an evil person, is a dis, dis, deceit is in the heart of those who are planning or devising evil. Those who are devising or planning evil are not like those counselors of peace who want peace for all and well-being for all. But those who are devising uh, evil are those who are planning evil, have deceit in their hearts, and they're working toward tearing down, undermining foundations, causing discord, casting doubt, and being deceitful. Wait a minute, let's say those again. This is is the kind of person who is undermining foundations, who is causing discord, who is casting doubt, and who is being deceitful. Well, who does that sound like? Deceit is demonic, and it comes from the devil himself. Amen? That's where deceit comes from. It comes from the very pits of hell, because that's who the devil is. He is the master of of deceit. Jesus said in uh, John chapter 8, 44, as he was speaking to the Pharisees, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's who the devil is, friends. He is the master of deceit. He is the deceiver. He is a liar. So deceit itself is demonic. This is what the devil was doing from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3. We find there in verses 1 1 through 4, as it tells us about the devil as the form of a serpent. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What was he doing there? He was being deceitful. He's not being honest. He's being deceitful. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die which was a lie. He was deceitful and he lied. Then in verse 13, when the Lord came to them, to Adam and Eve, he spoke to to Eve and he said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Deceit is demonic. From the beginning there in the garden up until this very moment, friends, 
The devil is still a liar. He still lies to people. He still lies to you. He still wants you to lie. He's a liar. He is about lying. And all the way from the garden to now, and even to the end time, we see that that is still his nature. In Revelation, at the back of the book, in Revelation 12, verse 9, it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. This is who he is. Deceit, that which is lying, dishonest, dishonest words, is demonic. It comes from the devil. It is anti-God. It is anti-Christ. And as believers, it should not be in our mouths. Amen? It should not be who we are because of who we are in Christ. Well, we'll get to that. Look again in Proverbs 6, where it tells verse 17. In 16, 17, he says, This is an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue. Verse 19, a false witness who speaks lies. Over in chapter 12, verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. What is this abomination? What does that mean? Lying or deceit. Why is that? What does that mean when it says that it is an abomination to the Lord? Well, an abomination means that it turns the stomach of God. That's what it means. An abomination means that it is detestable to God. This thing that is spelled out in Scripture, it is detestable to God. It is incompatible with the nature of God. It is offensive to God. It is foreign to God and His ways. It is intolerable, and it leads to God's anger and His judgment. And so why is God so against? Why is it called an abomination to have a lying tongue, to have a deceitful heart, to have a false witness. Well, it's because God is a God of truth. And God is the God of all truth. Truth is who He is. Amen? That's who God is. He is truth. And deceit goes completely against who God is, against God, and deceit completely destroys the foundations of all trust. The Bible tells us here that God delights in truth and in those who are truthful. In verse 22, chapter 12, again, it tells us in the latter part of that, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. He delights in people, those who are truthful. The word truthful there means to be steady, reliable, trustworthy. That's where God delights in those who are trustworthy and reliable in the truthfulness because that's who he is. That's his nature. You see, friends, listen. When we use words that are lies, it makes us untrustworthy. When we lie, when we use words that are lies, it makes us unreliable. We're no longer trustworthy. We're no longer reliable when we're liars. Amen? I mean, we're deceitful, we're dishonest, we're no longer trustworthy, we're no longer reliable. But as we use true, honest, and sincere words, it creates an atmosphere of connectivity and community and confidence. People feel like they can talk with us because we know that we're people who will tell the truth. Right? So, as believers, we find that this is who we are to be. Deceit is demonic. It's wicked, it's evil, coming from the devil who is the father of lives. Then secondly, deceit is not only demonic, but deceit is dangerous. Deceit is dangerous. 
Why? Well, because the devil still lies. And he lies, and he still lies to you, and he still wants you to lie. And, then it's, and it's, as this is going on, too many today don't think lying and, and being deceitful is a big deal. But it is dangerous because the devil, this is, this is his character. He lies. For example, he will tell you it's what you need to do to get ahead in life. And so you lie, and you defraud, and you cheat, or you plagiarize. Or he will tell you, I'll go ahead. Nobody will ever know. And so you lie to your spouse, or you lie to your boss, or you lie to your teacher, or you lie to your family. Or then he'll tell you to compromise with the Scripture because, after all, everybody's doing it. The Bible, that old thing, well, it's old-fashioned anyway. And so what do you do? You embrace the lie, you give in to the culture, and you believe the false prophets of the day. Deceit is dangerous. He tells you to pretend you're a follower. Pretend that you're listening. Pretend that you care. And what do you do? You live a lie, and you become a hypocrite. Deceit is dangerous. And he's constantly, the devil is constantly prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking to place lies into your life and for you to believe lies as well. You know, think about our students getting ready to go off to college, getting ready to head out into the workforce and to transition into life in the military, whatever it may be. And there will be voices that will speak to you that are not of the Lord that speak a lie. You have to be very careful to be about the truth. Hear what God has to say. Deceit is dangerous, as the devil still lies, and too many believe him. And it's dangerous also because it, deceit will not go unpunished. But there are consequences to our deceit. There are consequences to lying. There are consequences to not telling the truth. There are consequences to being dishonest. In Proverbs 6, again, in verse 15, that tells us, Therefore his calamity, speaking about, speaking about this worthless and wicked man, his calamity shall come suddenly, suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. The word calamity means destruction or ruin. Ruin will come upon him suddenly. In Proverbs 12, 21, it says, No grave, grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. The word there, filled with evil, really means filled with misery, filled with trouble. And that's not enough. And Proverbs 19, verse 5 tells us that a false witness, and watch this, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he, will speak, he who speaks lies, lies will not escape. That's the word of God. Deceit's dangerous, friends. Amen? It's dangerous. And t- chapter 20, verse 17 says, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, But afterward, his mouth will be filled with gravel. Amen, right? Come on now. Here's the bottom line, friends. You can mark it down. Eventually, our lying tongues will be found out. Mark it down. Our lying tongues will be found out. You know, I was reading about a story uh, back in the day when... Uh, kids traveled on trains and you know, folks traveled on trains to get places with their parents. Uh, they didn't charge for kids that were five and under. 
And I read about this story about this little six-year-old fella who was walking along to the train station with his mama. And along the way, his mama said, Now, Johnny, today you're five. Five? You know, and you can imagine a child that is not happy about this, right? He is six. He wants to be six. But mama says, I'm five, and so I got to be five. And so when they get on the train, the conductor comes around to collect the fare. And he asks the little fella, and he says, How old are you? To little Johnny, and the little boy says, I'm five. And so he doesn't pay the fare. He doesn't have to pay the fare. His mom pays for her. And then they're on the train, and after a little while, the conductor comes back through, you know, remembers little Johnny, and he comes and he talks, sits down, and he wants to chat with him. He talks about him, you know, he says, well, How are you getting along, little fella? And he said, Oh, really good. And the conductor continued to chat along, and, you know, he'd rubbed him on his head, you know, just having a conversation with him. And he said, So, Five, you're five. He said, so when are you going to be turning six? He said, about the time I get off this train. <laughs> you see, friends, listen. Eventually, a lying tongue will be found out. Amen? It will be found out. And here's the other thing. We might think that we're fooling people, but we are never fooling the Lord. Never. The Lord always knows the truth. Deceit is dangerous because the devil still lies and too many believe him and it will not go unpunished as well. And also for those whose lifestyle is dangerous, for those whose lifestyle is a continuous lie, they're continually deceiving, continually lying, continually being dishonest. If you remember, the, the, the thrust of this whole series is that verse that we show in that video, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In 1, 2, 3, 4, Matthew 12, 34, well, we remember that it's from the heart that we're speaking. So if out of the heart and our mouth is deceitful and we're telling, espousing lies, and we need to understand that there's a warning that we need to hear from God, that there is danger here. If that's who you are, if that's who you are and, and you have a hard time not telling the truth, if you have a hard time being truthful, if you have a hard time uh, being honest with people and, and not telling the truth, then you find yourself being deceitful and going the back way and cheating and uh, plagiarizing and being fraudulent, all these kinds of things. Listen to what God says in Revelation 22, verses 14 and 15. He says, Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. And may enter through the gates into the city. Those who belong to the Lord are going to enter into the city of heaven. But outside those gates, outside the city, are dogs, sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters. Wow. And whoever loves and practices a lie. Wow. So a person who is about lying who is deceitful, these who are continually deceitful likely do not belong to Jesus and will not be in heaven and need to understand that this deceit is dangerous because the devil is lying to you and understand that you may not have a place in glory because you don't belong to Jesus. Amen? It's dangerous. Deceit is dangerous. Deceit is demonic and deceit is dangerous. But here's some good news. Are you ready for some good news today? Not only is, is deceit dangerous and demonic, but here's the good news. Deceit is defeated. Deceit is defeated. Well, how is, defeat, how is deceit defeated? It's defeated by truth. 
That's how it's defeated, by truth. Deceit, lying, dishonesty is really the absence of truth. And God is the essence of truth. God is truth. And as believers, we no longer live lives of deceit, but rather we live lives of truth, speaking and acting in truth. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 4 how uh, Paul talked to the church at Ephesus about the life change that was taking place, how they were this way and now they're this way. They were this and now they're that. And he goes forward in that and he talks about that in Christ and through Christ we have put off the old man and we've put on the new man. And in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4, he said, Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. And in Colossians 3, 9, he says, Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with his deeds. You see, friends, deceit is defeated in us as believers when we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? We no longer... Listen. When we continue to be about lying and deceitfulness, there's this nagging feeling in our hearts that somebody's going to find out. And eventually that's going to take place, according to the Word of God, is it will not go unpunished. But when you're truthful and you're people of truth and talking truth and are honest, we no longer need to worry about our lives coming to ruin through lying lips as we live a life of truth and telling the truth. Now, at this point in the service, I want to be transparent with you. I was with the 930, and it's only fair that I tell you the same thing. I have to confess that in our household, at the Anthony household, Angie's getting nervous right about now, (laughs) we watch on our TV Hallmark movies. It pains me to have to tell you this today, all right? But there's a lot of Hallmark movies on our DVRs. Probably 90% of our DVRs are Hallmark movies from Christmases years ago, all right? But the funny thing about Hallmark movies is that what happens is when it comes on within the first 10 minutes and I'm in the room with them, I will say to them, I know how this is going to end. <laughs> I can tell you who's going to marry who. I can tell you right now. And they'll say, Dad, just be quiet. <laughs> Eat your popcorn, Dad. Be quiet over there. But many times in those Hallmark movies, have you noticed, you find yourself, whether it's the man or the woman, and the plot goes along, and all of a sudden, he or she does something that's not truthful. They don't tell the truth. And we know that when that happens, you, know, you, you find yourself almost wanting to yell at the screen, just tell the truth. But I guess if they had done that, the movie would have been about 15 minutes instead of two hours. But we know innately what's going to happen when they don't tell the truth, right? There's trouble that is coming. And friends, how true that is in real life, isn't it? That when we don't tell the truth, there's trouble that's coming. Just tell the truth. Amen? Just tell the truth. And you don't have to tell anybody about the Hallmark movies, all right? But this life is the life of faith that we're living as believers is our present possession in Jesus Christ. Let us live that life. Amen? The life of holiness, the life of truth. Deceit is defeated. We no longer belong to the father of lies. 
We no longer are in bondage to or in slavery to him. We live in the freedom of the one who is the truth. In John chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. We are free because of the truth. The truth frees us. Deceit and dishonesty keeps us in bondage. The truth frees us. And this truth that we know is the truth of Jesus. Jesus is truth. He is that truth. He is the the complete truth, the embodiment of truth, the essence of truth. Jesus is truth. In John 1.17, it tells us there that for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We know in John 14, verse 6, it tells us that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father through me. So deceit has been defeated by the truth, a man by the name of Jesus. As believers, we no longer belong to the Father of lives, but we live in the freedom of Jesus, who is the truth. And not only do we have the freedom of Jesus, who is the truth, but friends, understand this also, that we have the spirit of truth who lives within us as believers. In, in J- uh, John chapter 14, verse 17, it tells us that. And also in Psalm 119, 160, it tells us not only do we have the freedom of truth in Jesus, but the spirit of truth lives within us, but we also have the word of truth. The Bible says there, the entirety of your word is truth. His word is truth. So deceit has been defeated, and that's a good thing, amen, by truth. But here's how that old devil works. You ready for this? The devil will lie to you, and maybe you will fail the Lord when he lies to you in that moment, or maybe not. But that old liar will come back to you, and he'll tell you more lies, like how bad you are for listening to him. He'll lie to you and he'll tell you how God doesn't love you anymore. He'll lie to you and he'll tell you how you have to work harder to get on God's good side now. He'll lie to you and he'll tell you how you are worth nothing. He'll lie to you and he'll tell you how God could never use somebody like you. He'll lie to you and he'll tell you how you have no hope. And friends, the problem is that sometimes we believe these lies... And sometimes we believe them so much that we begin to tell them to ourselves. But here's what needs to happen. When you hear those types of things, those questions being asked, or those things, those statements being said, you need to ask yourself, who is it who's telling me this stuff? Who's telling me this stuff? Because, friends, I assure you, that is not coming from the Lord. As a believer in Jesus Christ, that is not coming from the Lord to you. But what you need to know is it is coming from the devil who is a liar. And you need to know that that old liar, the devil, has been defeated. And his ways have been overthrown. And as, we, as he comes against us with his lies, and he seeks to condemn us over and over again, friends, all we need to do is to turn to the blood of Jesus Christ. Remind him of the blood that has saved you and made you the child of God that you are. And so, as believers in Jesus Christ... Deceit has been defeated. The truth, who is Jesus, has saved you. The truth of God is in you, who is the Spirit, the Spirit of God who's in you. And the truth of God's Word is for you. Amen? And so when the devil begins to come to you and to tell you a lie, friends, you just counter him with the truth. 
When he comes to you and he tells you how bad you are, you just remind him of the truth. According to 1 Peter 2.9, you say, but I'm a chosen generation. I'm part of a royal priesthood. I'm a part of a holy nation. I'm one of his own special people that I may proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into his marvelous life. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I am now a part of God's kingdom. When he tells you how God doesn't love you anymore, you just remind him what tells us, what tells us in uh, Jeremiah 31 where it says that I, the Bible says that I'm loved with an everlasting love. Amen? When he comes to you, friends, and he tells you how you need to work harder to get on God's good side, you remind him of Ephesians 2.8 that says that I have been saved by grace through faith and that grace wins. Amen? When he comes and he tells you that you are worthless, you say, oh, devil, I'm not worthless. The Bible tells me in Romans 8 by the God's spirit that I am a child of God. Amen? When he tells you that God can never use somebody like you, you remind him of what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that God has chosen the foolish things of this world and the weak things of this world to put to shame the, thing, the things that are mighty. And remind him how God used guys who messed up and who turned or returned to him, guys like Abraham and Moses and David and Peter and Paul and people like me and people just like you. Amen. When the devil lies to you and tells you that you have no hope, you can say, my hope was found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen? When he says you, you need to doubt your faith, doubt your salvation, you remind him of 2 Timothy 1 says this, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. I don't need to doubt when the devil says, now just look around. Look at what everybody else has. You are poor. You need to lie a little bit. You need to cheat a little bit just to get ahead. You say to the devil, well, according to Philippians 4, 9, the Bible says that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You might think I'm poor, and the world might think I'm poor, but I am rich in Jesus Christ. Amen? (laughs) Devil, you ain't got nothing on me, buddy. And when the devil says, yeah, but you just need to be afraid. You just need to be afraid because you don't know what's going to happen. You'd be afraid about giving your your gifts to the Lord because you don't know how the Lord's going to take care of you. You don't know how you're going to work things out. You need, you need to be afraid about going on that mission trip. You need to be afraid about speaking to somebody about Jesus. You don't know what they're going to say. You need to be afraid of the unknown, afraid, afraid of what people will say, and fr- be afraid of walking by faith instead of sight. You just remind the devil in Psalm 56.3, it tells us there, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, meaning I'll trust in the Lord. Whatever time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Amen? The devil will lie to you, my friends, but you give him the truth. And when you hear the lies of the devil, you tell him the truth because you don't know just what the truth is. But get this. You know who the truth is. And his name is, what is it? Jesus. That's his name. And we walk with Jesus. As believers, we have the truth. We know the truth, and the truth gives us freedom. Let us be people of truth. There's two things you need to do. Be delivered from deceit. 
If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then put your trust in Jesus to save you, to deliver you from deceit and the master of deceit. Right now, if you don't know Jesus, you're in bondage to the devil. You're in bondage to him, to that sin. Live in the truth, have freedom through Christ. And we do that by coming to know him as Lord and Savior of our lives. It's a step of faith. We acknowledge that we're sinners in need of a Savior. We turn from our sin and turn to Jesus Christ, which is repentance. Embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross, who rose again bodily from the grave, and we profess Him as the Lord and Savior of our lives. It is a step of faith that we take, trusting Him by faith. If you've never done that, we invite you today, before it's too late, to say yes to Jesus, to take that step of faith. And when you trust the Lord to save you, friends, you are free. He gives you freedom from deceit, freedom from lying. He, he overwhelms you and gives you what you need. To be delivered from deceit. So place your trust in Jesus to deliver you. But also if you, do, if you know Jesus. Then place your trust in him to enable you to live in the truth. And to tell the truth. So here's the second thing you need to do. Come clean. And stay clean. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes it hurts. When my beloved bride looks at me. And she says, honey, you've been eating too much pie. That hurts. But it's true. And what she has to say, the truth is for the best. Amen? The truth hurts, but it's always for the best. And so, where do you need to come clean in your life? Where do you need to come clean with other people, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents? Where do you need to come clean? And then you need to stay clean by listening to the truth of God's word, being led by the spirit of truth who is in you, and growing in your relationship with the one who is the truth. And as believers, let us be about truth. Let us not tell a lie. Let us not live a lie. And let us not believe a lie. Amen? Father, thank you for your word that is truth. Help us to be about your business and to be people of truth. Lord, help us, Lord, where we come to this moment of of commitment, of invitation, where you're inviting us, Lord, to hear from you and to make a decision based upon how you're dealing with our hearts today. Lord, maybe it has absolutely nothing to do with deceitfulness and truthfulness. Maybe it has something else that you're dealing with us about today that we need to surrender to you today. We pray, Father, most of all, that for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior of their lives, that this would be that moment where they'll say yes to Jesus and trust you by faith. And for those, Father, I pray that are struggling in some area of their lives, whatever it may be, that we would lay it at the cross today and speak truth into our own hearts as you have given us your word and your spirit and the Lord Jesus. May you guide and direct us, Lord, to hear your voice and not the voice of the world. Not the voice of a liar, not the voice of a devil. But Lord, help us to hear your voice and to live that out daily. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd guide us and direct us for decisions that we need to make of commitment, of recommitment, decisions of obedience, following you, and maybe it's baptism or joining this church fellowship. Or, Father, whatever it may be as you're working in our hearts, let us be faithful and truthful with you about our own hearts and lives. And we'll give you glory, honor, and praise as you work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. Lord, I need you. Pastor Joe's here. I'll be here. And the altar is open. If you want to just come and pray. You come as God's dealt with you today.